ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, 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 beautiful people. Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. And this week on the Ascend podcast, this is another conversation with Todd Akamesis. Todd has been on the podcast, I think this is his fourth time now I've done a conversation with him. And he really is a cool guy. Todd is somebody who really is doing some deep work. He's a self-taught astral traveler. He's very interested in the out-of-body experience and astral projection. He's been exploring consciousness through altered states and expanded states of awareness for more than two decades. And Todd really is somebody who's not just talking the talk, he's really walking the walk. <laughs> that nice, nice little rhyme there. But he really is. And if you haven't heard previous podcasts that I did with Todd, I would definitely recommend checking recommend checking out uh, the Synchronicity Hitchhiking one. That was a really cool and funny podcast, I thought. So anyway, in this podcast in particular, we really do dive deep down the rabbit hole. This one was recorded when I was very much in a, in a heightened state of consciousness, if you want to call it that. As you know, I was going through, definitely going through a Kundalini awakening. And this one was recorded very much in the mix of that, in the midst of that thing. And um, so as you will tell in this one, some of my questions are really deep. And I really do feel that as, as my questions were deep, I really did get some really did get the best out of Todd as you will see from his answers and we dove into all deep things all the way from DMT to um, expanded states of consciousness we talked about developing the psyche the purpose of this reality um, <laughs> what else did we not talk about we talked about it all in this one this one really was a deep one let's see, to say the least anywhere I just wanted to mention as well before we jump with this podcast that on Sunday the 31st of May I've actually been invited to do a live podcast at um, a conference in California called Contact in the Desert. It's still early days, but by the looks of it, I'm, that's definitely going to be happening. I had a conversation with the owner, Victoria, a few weeks back, and she invited me to do a live podcast there. I'm not sure who I'll be doing it with. Um, there's talk of me doing it with Anthony Peake, which would be really cool. But I would definitely recommend heading over to Contact in the Desert and checking it out. And if you are in the California area in the US, it would really be cool to see you there. It really looks like it's going to be a cool um, cool conference with many interesting, cool speakers. So, so that is coming up in the future anyway. I just wanted to mention as well that over the last weekend gone, I did some really cool podcasts. I did a podca podcast with a guy called Steve Taylor, who one of his big subjects is awakening, the awakening process in human beings. And he studied a lot of these ancient traditions and that was really a powerful one. I met up with him in Leeds University. And on the afternoon of that weekend as well, I met up with a really interesting lady called Alice Alice Grist, um, who talks, 
who wrote a book called From High Heels to Spiritual Enlightenment, which is really cool. We had a really fun conversation about spirituality and what spirituality means to her. It really was a funny and cool conversation. So definitely look out for them two conversations coming. Have some other really powerful podcasts lined up in the near future. And I cannot wait to share them with you all. Really feel that these conversations are getting better and better every week. And I cannot wait to share the up and coming ones with you anyway. If you can, as always, check out the Patreon page. The Patreon page is the best way to support this podcast. And if you are in a position to support the podcast through the Patreon page or through the one-off donation option, please, if you can, find it in your heart because it really does help me to keep doing what I'm doing. Like I said... I'm traveling all over the place now recording these conversations and it just helps me to give me a little bit of a platform to put a bit of petrol in the tank and it really goes such a long way, it really does. So I want to say thank you so much to all the current patrons out there as well and if you can find it in your heart, please just check out the Patreon page and even the price of $2, which is a cup of coffee each month for four or five episodes every month goes such a long way. And if you can support the podcast, that is also absolutely fine. I completely understand. But if you are somebody who can, please consider. As I said, it goes such a long way. So anyway, enjoy this conversation with Todd Akamesis, where we dive deep down the bliss of the rabbit of the rabbit hole. <laughs> Peace out, people. jump in now i'm just trying to think the best place to start because we've this is the fourth time on the podcast now that you've come on the i've had a conversation with you and my own this is one of the reasons why i want to have a conversation with you because my own evolution of um my ability to see things in the world has got a lot more heightened it's got a lot more um the levels within me oneself have, have arisen a lot more but i mean well i want to dive into some of the things i want to dive into some of the experiences that i've been going through and see how you can relate to them and give us a bit of clarity on them really as well yeah, for sure but to start us off i wanted to just to check you've got everything recording yeah or yeah, yeah. okay so you've started yeah no it's, it's on yeah okay cool um so i was going to say that maybe the first place to dive into because i know when you you mentioned it was about how you've been having some very interesting dmt experiences so I wanted you to I want you to talk about some of the DMT experiences, um, but maybe just before we dive there, give a brief overview for people who don't understand the concept of DMT. I know a lot of the listeners who listen to these podcasts are aware of it, but maybe if say the the new listeners coming in and they don't yeah they don't exactly. understand the concept of it for sure. Well, I think the easiest way to put people into the frame of you know DMT. You know, I think when they hear uh, you know, the scientific label for it, you know, what is it, dimethyltryptamine, they might assume it's a man-made, you know, an artificial substance, you know, uh, made, you know, a chemical made in a laboratory. You know, that we're we're dealing with the the active ingredient in ayahuasca. You know, this this South American uh, brew, this tea, which comes from the bark you know, of a plant and, you know, several other plants uh, to make this tea. And, you know, so you're dealing with, with nature here. And this, 
and you know DMT it, it's it's a psychedelic and it's it's the as far as I'm concerned it's like the fast lane of the psychedelics because unlike something like magic mushrooms where uh, or LSD where the peak plasma level it takes maybe 70 or 80 minutes to reach in a, a level where you start to have effects DMT is immediate uh, you know fast acting take three puffs on something like a bong and you're into another dimension of reality within like 30 seconds. So I love the fast acting nature of, of, of DMT. And, you know, it just opens, opens up all the, all the, the, you know, the, the pathways between the physical brain, you know, the, the physical brain, the nervous system being like the psychic antenna to everything so like it opens up sort of the ordinary sense of self it it opens up you know that that profound nature of who and what we are and it's just like the the gate is just instantly opened with dmt and i think this is this is one of the things this is one of the reasons why i love it so much because you know people can struggle sometimes to have you know a level of depth of the spiritual self uh, maybe they've tried meditation and they, they experience the typical blocks, such as the monkey mind, you know, always uh, the intellectual mind stopping them from going deeper, that constant chatter. Whereas with DMT, <laughs> you literally, you're along for the ride. Uh, you take, like I said, three, two or three puffs and you can get in deep really fast within seconds. And depending on the quantity that you take, you know, you can have what, you know, people would label a breakthrough experience where, uh, you know, you, your perception is now based in another dimension of reality completely. Uh, you're completely immersed in uh, maybe a high fidelity environment, which is realer than real. Uh, when you then maybe come down off, you know, the DMT high, you now may think that this, you know, is a dream. Mm. And what you were experiencing is reality, is the real truth of who we are. And I think there's, you know, there is, there is a basis for that. Um, and I think, you know, with psychedelics, with out-of-body experiences, with, you know, transcendental experiences, it's always remembering to remain grounded uh, in, the, in the idea that we chose to experience this dimension of reality, you know, the earth plane, and, you know, we're taking this walk across this level of reality and we're learning to ultimately, you know, two things that one, yes, we bring our knowledge and wisdom from, you know, who and what we are beyond this level into the body to spiritualize the body, spiritualize this level of reality, but also that this level of reality is not mundane to that other part of self. This level of reality is something to be excited about. And I find like whenever I'm communicating with this higher nature of myself, you know, people call it higher self, uh, the monad, whatever you want to call it, the oversoul. Whenever I invite that part of me into my body, into an experience, even if I'm trying something new, some new uh, uh, dish, you know, some, some cultural dish I haven't had before. And I'll say, oh, higher self, what do you think of this? And as I'm eating, and then I get feedback, and it's, it's always excitement. It's always like, I'm so glad you've invited me in for this experience. You know, this is profound. Mm. And I think 
DMT just reminds us, or these psychedelics, or out-of-body experiences, or very deep meditation states, peak experiences, remind us that there are higher states of consciousness that we might have forgotten about while taking the earth walk uh, because of the deep conditionings that we go through since, you know, from childhood. And these are just sort of, in a sense, uh, wake-up experiences. Uh, you know, they bring about a peak experience like being on a mountaintop. Let's say you're just transported to a mountaintop uh, by a helicopter. There's no effort for you involved in that. But you get to see, you know, the horizon. You get to see the reality of tens of miles away from you from this new vantage point. But then the helicopter brings you back down the mountain, back to base camp again. And now you have the enthusiasm, you have the inspiration, you have the motivation to climb that mountain, to get back to the peak again. And I think psychedelics give us an instant access to that peak experience, but ultimately it's just showing us the possibilities, possibilities we already have inside of us if we put in the work, if we show up, if we meditate, if we have a daily spiritual practice, a dedicated daily practice. Powerful, powerful. And by the way, I've got about 50 different ways I could take this conversation. <laughs> so many things. I'm trying, I was thinking in my head there, sometimes when I have these conversations, I was thinking, do I hold back? Because sometimes when you have these conversations, you, you say some profound knowledge like that. And I'm trying to think, do I just sort of tittle-tattle into it? Or do I just go for the full thing? And I'm just going to go for the full thing because it's at times it feels like when you were describing some of the, the things there, I, was, I felt like sometimes that if we were to put ourselves in the, in this sort of the greatest game of all time, I think we would put ourselves in a in a realm where you would have to like you, the greatest mystery would be discovering yourself again, and it feels like at times that that we've all made some sort of choice um, at one time to come to to the like you said the Earth realm, and there's a part of it where you, you the past self is becomes a bit blurred or or you forget you you the, the the rule set is, is embedded within to forget about something. But the whole nature of it is to remember again. Do you do you do you ever question that? Sometimes we've put ourselves in the greatest game ever to to find ourselves. Luckily for me, uh, it's been a blessing that I've had out of body experiences since I was a kid. And as an adult, you know, I use the out of body state to navigate to the truth, if you like, navigate beyond the uh, the. The control system, and there there is a control system on this world. There are rule sets, you know, involved in this level of reality. And I think, you know, my experiences, without a doubt, have shown me that, you know, we do opt into this. Nothing's forced us into it. But this is an extreme learning environment where, in most cases, our memories of these other levels are wiped at birth. They're almost like partitions, like you'd have on a computer. You know, th these memories are partitioned to the D drive, um, and we're operating in the C drive mostly. So it's learning to be able to bridge the connection between those different states of mind, those different drives. And once we learn how to do that, we realize, oh, wait a second, there's all my memories from past lives. There's all my memories of higher self. There's all my mem memories of, you know, growing up in another star system and desiring to come here to learn on the earth plane because it is an accelerated learning environment. It's, it's uh, like a friend of mine would say, this is PhD quality learning on this environment, yeah. whereas on some of the other worlds where the veil is not so thick, you know, 
the quality of learning is just not the same because you have constant access on these higher dimensional worlds to uh, the super state of mind. Whereas on this world, you're, you're you know, starting out literally in kindergarten and you're working your way up, you know, in a sense, muddling through life, not even realizing that you're on a spiritual journey until something clicks until you have one of these breakthrough experiences, you know, where you make this profound discovery. And ultimately, yeah, I agree, it's a rediscovery, you know, a rediscovery that, you know, we are, uh, you know, these higher beings. And I had a recent experience with my own higher self where uh, I came out of my body and it confronted me with this idea. It was like, hello, brother. And it had never done that before. And immediately it started to crush the idea that it was a father figure or a mother figure, a parental figure in a sense. It was just like, we are equal to you, my brother. The difference is our awareness of reality is not gated like yours is. You're in this concentrated environment where, you know, it's as if the lights have been turned out. You know, the whole of the cosmos, the multiverse is aware of Earth, but Earth isn't aware of its place within this this greater multidimensional landscape of of you know human and non-human colonies that exist throughout the the physical and non-physical universes and you know ultimately in this experience my higher self was just reminding me that you know it's in it's easy to see higher consciousness as being more evolved but ultimately like i said there's there's no the gate is wide open from those levels whereas here the gates are closed and we have to unlock them and we unlock them through our inner vibrational uh, frequency which is based on our our experiences of life you know are we taking responsibility for our experience or are we blaming the external world i was just going to say it yeah it's very powerful and that was actually you've gone to where i was going to say it to, to, to the possibility to open these the gates that you call them it feels like to me that to open them gates I mean, you can use whatever word you want. Gate to the higher self, gate to the to, to the, the true nature of yourself. It feels like um, you have to access, you have to unravel your psyche. It's all that. I mean, it's like what I'm noticing now is that every single interaction that I have, there's there's no there's no there's no better or lower interaction. It's just all is. It's just all unfolding in front of you, and you have a choice to to either witness it as is a potential for you to unravel something about your psyche or you just ignore it and I, and it's um i don't know it just seems to be like that the, this whole thing is set up in a way to that the psyche is the key the psyche is to the key to it all yeah i i think when we start to navigate our way through denial and we do start to realize that there you know true freedom comes through responsibility and a lot of times in our life we're operating from a place of license and license <clears throat> is driven by a lack of responsibility license to to say and do whatever we want you know because we think we have the right uh, we think we you know we have the entitlement to to just uh, act as we as we wish when in reality if our behavior is hurting other people we have to look at that and I think, yes, the more responsible we become in this world, the more these gates open up to other worlds. And I think 
at that point, when you start to have the breakthrough realization that this is the case, this is how reality is built. You know, if I have a fear-based mindset, I can still get out of body. I can still access certain levels through DMT. I can still access, you know, certain realities with mushrooms, but my experience is still going to be restricted based on my inner vibrational frequency. If I'm irresponsible on this world, do you think these these environments, these higher uh, uh, vibrational worlds where they experience harmony and peace, they're going to just leave the gate open to an irresponsible being who doesn't understand how to control their own thought forms? Because when you're out of body in these higher dimensions, your thoughts equal actions. Your thoughts can instantly create powerful forms. And if your thoughts are based in fear, you can create thought forms that are dangerous. So it's, it's ultimately these gated communities on other levels, these higher vibrational dimensions or worlds, they're not keeping people out. We're keeping ourselves out. And that's how it works because this is a self-governing system where you don't need, you know, gods or overlords that, you know, keep you from certain levels or, or send you, you know, to, to the, the basement, you know, the hell, you know, a hellish realm. We experience hell right here on earth, do we not? You know, based on our thoughts and our feelings and our behavior. I know I've been in a, I've been in many situations in life where I would consider what I was experiencing hellish. And I brought that about, you know, because in my philosophy, there, nothing happens by chance. Everything happens out of choice. Absolutely everything. And even when you don't think you have a choice, it's, you know, you have to look once again at, you know, your level of responsibility. Am I being responsible? And even the perception around choice. You know, free will is an example. Free will is all, you know, is all based in our thoughts, all based in our thinking. You know, there's your free will in a nutshell. You have the free will to think any way you like, whether it's a fear-based thought system or a loving thought system. And when you really understand that, you, you realize that even things like manifestation fall into place so easily because ultimately you're either manifest, you're man, everything's being manifested based on your thoughts. Uh, you know, the Course in Miracles puts it very succinctly, you know, in the, in the idea that uh, it's not our role to manifest. It's our role to remove the blocks to manifestation. And I completely be believe this. Mm -hmm. You know, I experienced this. So if it's not our role to, to manifest, because if you look at it this way, uh, you know, when you get out of body and or you're in, you know, taking a DMT trip and suddenly you're experiencing dimension within dimension within dimension of reality, uh, you know, these higher worlds. And you're realizing this like in one recent experience, I experienced myself as a fractal just extending into, you know, so many other planes of reality. And you know, it just really hit me hard that ultimately I, I am experiencing everything that already is. So, you know, ultimately what I have to do is learn to align my thinking to what I wish, what I desire to experience, because everything I desire to experience already exists. Anything I want to manifest already exists. It's already been created. The difference is the limit is within me for experiencing this as reality. So the moment I start to realize I can change my thinking, I can change how I feel. And 
this is a big thing for a lot of people. You know, one, you know, to, to be able to change our behaviors, a behavior that's holding us aback or a change of feeling, you know, maybe we feel that we're not good enough or feel what's the point of doing this because ultimately, you know, it always leads to disappointment. You know, when we do realize we have a choice, our free will to change the way that we think, and yes, it's step-by-step process. Some people will be like, well, uh, it sounds easy in theory, but it's hard to change the way that I think. And I agree with that because for a lifetime, if we've thought in a particular way, then that's now a pattern, a program that's running deep within the unconscious mind that we don't have such easy access to, especially from a fear-based state of, of, of mind. Mm-hmm. So it's learning you know, to take one step at a time. Like with my nine-day workshops that I run, uh, I, I always set the ground rules from the very first moment I open my mouth, you know, when they arrive. And I say, you know, for these nine days, I want you to trust to follow my uh, instructions and not your fears. And as an example, you know, for this last event that I ran, I, I said to people, uh, one of the things I'd like you to do on a daily basis is healing work. Uh, and I'd like you to to do the healing work when fears come up in the moment. So if a fear comes up, you can do something as simple as like maybe using the Ho'oponopono uh, prayers like, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And, you know, what you're doing when you're reciting mantras like that, you're inviting in a power bigger than your problem. Because if you feel that your problem is bigger than you, you need something bigger than your problem. That's the whole point behind things like AA, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, they say you're your best thinking got you here. Now you need a whole new level of thinking to get yourself out of that mess, a higher quality thinking. And the intervention of, you know, uh, AA, the whole, you know, 12-step process is to help you start to live life from, you know, the causal effect, the place of cause versus the level of effect. And so ultimately that's what we have to learn is, Sometimes we just have to follow instructions, even when our fears want to come up and create the doubts. So if somebody is repeating a, a mantra like, okay, if a fear comes up and I invite in a higher power and I'm now saying, okay, I want to clear this old memory. I want to clear this old memory of wrong think. Uh, so I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Maybe after a few days, you don't see any external changes because 99% of or 96% or or more of all reality is that dark energy, that dark matter that science can't quite put its finger on. You know, that's these other dimensions. And that's where these changes are initially taking place within the psyche because our unconscious mind isn't rooted in physical reality. It's rooted in a, a higher dimensional state of reality and, you know, that zero point field, if you like. So it's getting to this awareness that sometimes it takes time for things to change. We can experience the miracle, that that instant shift from fear to love. Uh, But if we don't experience that level of profoundness of change, then we have to take it as uh, one step at a time, progress, not perfection. And when the fear comes up that, oh, this isn't working, I've done this for two days now, when it usually has been a lifetime to create these old patterns, it may take a couple of months of daily work. So therefore, don't follow your fear. Your fear might say, it feels forced. It feels fake. It feels like it's not working. That's following your fear, not the instructions. So it's learning uh, to approach life in this way when you find it difficult to get your head around the idea that we can change the way that we think. Yes, it can be hard, but what is the price of doing nothing? 
Mm-hmm, definitely. It feels, I really resonate with that. And it feels like to me, that sense what you're explaining there. I mean, for me, when, like one of the things that I'm struggling with at the minute is, it's not struggling, but it's, it's like I'm trying to change my word. And again, it's not struggling. It's just, it's an adventure. It's, it's something that I'm trying to, to learn basically is, um, is the control aspect. Um, when I'm having these deeper, deeper experiences, it feels like, I mean, this is what I've recognized within myself that the, what you would describe in there is, is it seems to be that these, these patterns of behavior, what you, the things that you need to sort of let go of come, they come in your mind. Um, and I think you just have to focus on the, for me anyway, this is what I'm doing is I'm, realizing that if you just quiet you quiet yourself quiet your mind you realize the thing that you need to sort of try and move out the way with because one for me example is is, um is the control aspect of the different experiences that i'm having is i feel like my sense of myself trying to control the experience so i feel like i'm trying to i have to i can see that i can see i know that's the thing that i have to work on but like when you described before how some people don't know what aspect they need to work on it's not clear enough it's like people think, well, what what element is? Do I need to let go of fear? Do I need to let go of this? Do I need to let go of that? I think we do feel it. If you if you sit with yourself enough, you do feel the thing that you need to just sort of navigate a bit better. I don't even think it's really a matter of just sitting quietly with it because we can see what we resist all the time. Mm. It's it can be so clear, you know. If you if you just maybe simply say to yourself, okay, I'm going to check in with myself several times during the day. Like How am I feeling right now? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling joyful? If you're not, you know, are you feeling, you know, isolated? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling angry? Checking in with yourself, you know, and it's okay. I'm, there's this like background energy going on of, of resentment. Okay. Um, you can then go two routes. You can psychoanalyze it if you wish, mm-hmm. or you can go the route of, uh, you know, one of my preferred routes, realizing that there's a part of me there's a higher state of my consciousness that is aware of the root of this problem, that knows the wound intimately. And I have to just learn to trust that this higher power, if I invite it in with my free will and say something as simple as like in a moment where I'm feeling angry and I recognize that because I checked in with myself, I did a reality check. How am I feeling right now? Mm. I'm feeling a little bit glum. I'm... You know, do I want to be feeling this way? Uh, would I rather be feeling joyful right now? Would I rather be feeling grateful right now? Yeah, I think I would be. Would I rather be embracing this situation so I can grow instead of resisting this situation? Yeah, I think I would be. Okay, then I have to change the way I'm thinking right now. Okay, higher power. doesn't matter to me whether it's, you know, what higher power you invite in, whether it's, uh, you know, a scented, you know, a being. Uh, like, you know, an archangel or, you know, or, or God. I know a lot of us have a resistance even to the word God. You know, people recoil because we've all had bad experiences with religion, perhaps. But, you know, at some point, we just have to relabel this. You know, instead of calling it God, we can call it universe. We can call it the force. We can even look to Yoda. You know, even if you want to look to your own unconscious mind and realize that, you know, it's able to process millions of bits of information per second versus the conscious mind is, you know, in the limits of the conscious mind, but checking in with yourself. So how am I feeling right now? Pretty miserable. Okay. I want to be feeling, you know, better than this. I, I, I know I'm better than this. I'm a better man than this. I'm a better human being than this. You know, I've just had some bad experiences of life and it's, you know, made me numb these bad feelings that come with these bad experiences. And I got to the point now where I'm so numb I can't feel anything. 
So it's difficult for me to feel this stuff without checking in. So I have to check in. So I'm, I have to control this a little bit. So I'm going to check in. So I'm checking in. I feel this way. Okay, universe, even unconscious mind, please, I invite you in to recalibrate my nervous system, to take this old way of thinking about myself, this th thinking of myself of being useless or uh, I'm the problem. I'm ready to think differently. So, you know, in that moment, you're, you're setting yourself up for an intervention. You're setting yourself up for this moment where you're inviting in something bigger than your problem. Something, and your problem is your current way of thinking. Your problem is a, a, le, a, a level of thinking that got you into these messes in life. And we're now at the level of effect where all the stuff that's now happening to us based on this thinking, which has been, which created a program, which, which your unconscious mind you know, things that you want. That's how the unconscious mind works. It's like if you think in a certain way for long enough, your unconscious mind is going to think, ah, oh, this is the reality they want to experience. So we have to realize the unconscious mind is never working against us. It's always working for us. So we have to be careful of how we program it. And we program it with each day's thinking. And ultimately, when you start to make that change in thinking, and then you go and you look in the mirror the next day, what are you looking at in the mirror? What do you see? What's reflecting back to you is yesterday's thinking because it takes days and days and sometimes months to change that. So you're going to continue to see yesterday's thinking externalized because it's been a program that's been running in your unconscious for perhaps your whole life. So this is why we really have to approach this in the mindset of progress, not perfection. Because perfectionism is a trap in itself. It's an ego trap. There's a difference between, you know, having uh, high standards and perfectionism. Perfectionism literally can trap you because it can make you think, um, if this is perfect, if I get this perfect, if I get this absolutely right, nobody will ever be able to criticize me. I won't ever have to feel awkward feelings ever again. Nobody can ever blame me or shame me. So I have to make this perfect. And one of my favorite researchers, her name is Brenny Brown, and she would add to this and she would say, the trap goes very deep. It would be something along the lines of, you know, okay, I don't have to feel any awkward feelings if I'm just perfect about this. And the moment you're not perfect, the moment somebody sees your imperfection and they criticize you, the trap is this, ah, I wasn't perfect enough. Next time I will be more perfect. And therefore is the trap. So it's learning that it's taking one step at a time. It's learning you are going to continue to make mistakes, but as long as you're willing to keep stepping forward on this new pathway of thinking, you will get there. You know, it, it just takes time to do the reprogramming. So, you know, but you will also have moments, again, these peak experiences, you know, these profound discoveries, these advances, these quantum leaps, but that occurs because you're willing to exert a new level of energy. You know, if somebody comes to my workshop and they've been trying to have out-of-body experiences for, let's say, you know, years and they haven't managed to, they come to my workshop. What I ask them to do is this, that, that sort of uh, idea that you come with a, a full bull. That full bull is your fears, your current level of experience in life, your current way of being. I need you to dump that out, completely tip that out. And I need you to come to me with an empty bowl because we're going to fill that bowl up with enthusiasm. We're going to fill that bowl up with you following instructions and not your fears. 
and you feeling you're now in a space to where that can happen because there are people around you who have done it and who are going to guide you through the process. And this is what needs to be done in life in general. You know, so if somebody comes to one of my workshops and they're not willing to empty out that bowl, if they're not willing to raise their level of energy, their raising their level of enthusiasm, they're only going to stay in the energy they brought with them. How coming to my workshop is going to change anything? You know, it's the same in life in general. You have to be able to willing, you have to be willing to raise your game. Even if, you know, the, the playing field around you seems unfair, you have to be willing to trust, to have faith that higher consciousness is on your side, is cheerleading for you to grow and develop and evolve and mature as a spiritual being. But we've been in deep denial for so long, it sometimes will take us, you know, time to come out of it. So it's one day at a time, one step at a time. Maybe in, instead of adopting the, you know, the, the uh, philosophy of Gandhi is where it's like, be the change you want to see in the world. It's become the change. Because again, it's a stepping process. It's one step at a time. And learning to surround yourself with good energies, with good people, uh, doesn't mean you have to abandon your old life. It doesn't mean you have to abandon the people that, you know, are pulling you down because ultimately you want to get to a place where you're pulling them up. You know, Jesus didn't abandon the lepers. The, Jesus went out and washed the feet of the lepers, mm. pulled them up to his level, made them re remember that this is what love feels like. So if we're in an environment where there's only fear, if we're in an environment where there's only hate, you can be the light in the darkness. You know, I had a, a DMT experience where, you know, when you realize in the West how DMT is extracted, you know, they use harsh chemicals like lighter fluid as an example of a way to extract, you know, the DMT. And so I was in this DMT experience and the DMT entity showed me this beautiful crystal clear pool of what I thought was water. And, and I asked them, I said, why are you showing me this? And they said, uh, you might see on the surface this to be a beautiful, clear, you know, pool of water because they could, you know, read my mind because telepathy in that state is the communication, the standard communication method. And they said, in reality, this is a pool of crystal clear lighter fluid. But if you can see and you can look down to the bottom, you can see those, uh, those crystals, the DMT crystals forming at the bottom of the pool, you know, that is light. That is light within this space, which is toxic. You can be light within a toxic space. And the universe doesn't want you to become light and then never experience, you know, spaces where there might be darkness. What would be the point of you growing as a light? You know, the whole point of you growing as a light is for you to then be the light for other people who are in the darkness. I can just add to that. It's really powerful, by the way. And it seems to be, though, like the experiences that I'm having, it seems to be that initially you go through your darkness. So you go through all the different traumas and things that you're working on. But eventually, I mean, the point that I'm at, I'm not seeing that I've never got anything to work through. I think you've always got stuff to work through. But a point that I'm getting to with this, to the, with this, I don't, know, I don't even know what word you want to call it, but with this experience is that it seems to be like it's um, now... Now it's done. The, now it's done some of the work. My focus is now shifting outward to help other people. It seems to be like the whole thing of this is: is yes, you have stuff to work through, but eventually, like you said, you become the light around you, around other people. It's not about um, just completely escaping from your reality. It's about you using this new wisdom to help other people around you and become the light. Absolutely, and this is why I love 
healing practices like the Ho'oponopono so much. And, you know, just the, a little bit of background on that particular process. You know, this is a, um, a family system tool that was, uh, you know, that is, uh, you can find in Hawaii as an example and practiced by kahunas and communities for hundreds of years. And, you know, within the tradition, they talk about how this practice was brought to them from other beings from another galaxy. I, you know, I really love that idea that, you know, there are, you know, really evolved uh, beings in another part of the universe that thought, hey, you know what, let's go to Earth and create a mission there with this, 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 this family dynamic system where, you know, it's all based in um, forgiveness and reconciliation. And the idea goes, you know, the modern version of the Ho'oponopono, because it was updated, you know, uh, because in the past it was all about communities coming together and sitting in a circle. Mm -hmm. And if there was conflict between anybody in the community, then they would have the moment to forgive and be forgiven within that circle. And then things were, you know, you would then let things go. That's the whole point of forgiveness work. It's to reveal the presence of love, do the forgiveness work within that presence of love, and then let things go. It doesn't mean you're going to forget what happened. It just means you're going to let it go so you can now start to feel somebody's love again, so they can feel your love again. And so with the Ho'oponopono being modernized uh, for individuals, you know, you can take it to such a deep, powerful level. So for example, when I run my nine-day astral projection events, my students, whatever problems are in my students, are my problems. Whatever problems are blocking my students from astral projection Mm. are problems in me. So the way I would do this, they would come um, uh, to the event. I know their names, I know their faces. While they're practicing astral projection, maybe they're in a three-hour practice, I'm sitting at a special altar that I bring to the event. And I'm sitting at the altar. Maybe I think of one of the students in particular. I think of their name, their face, and that they shared you know, just a couple hours earlier in the feedback session that they w- still weren't getting out of body. They were still feeling blocked. They were still feeling fears. Then I would sit with that. I would say something like, okay, whatever problem is in my, is in my student, I'm taking responsibility for. And in the moment I say, I'm taking responsibility for this, it's now my problem. And I'm acknowledging that whatever is in my student has to be in me because this is a collective. All minds are joined on our d- deeper level of being. So when I take the responsibility for a problem, somebody else's problem, then I can start to heal it. So I'm now going to sit with it and I'm going to say something like, uh, I'm going to invite in a higher power to sit with me because that higher power will be able to transform this you know, in a, in a way that maybe I still can't because maybe there's still some limits within me, but I know there's no limits within this higher power. So I'm always going to invite that in to help clear the memory around that problem. So I'll sit there and I'll say something like, what is within me that is causing this situation? And so first and foremost, I am now doing healing work on myself, secondary for my student. But as I clear the old memories within me, those memories get cleared within my student too. That's how it works. So even with you're in a family dynamic or a community dynamic where there are problems, if there's a human, if there's a problem in one human, it's a human problem in general, and we must take that on. That doesn't mean that if, you know, a family member has financial problems that I pay off all their bills. What I am doing is I'm healing the beliefs. I'm healing the thoughts and the memories around the old wound where there might be 
financial abuse. Maybe when they were a kid, they were financially abused by their parents. Maybe they saw their parents being financially abused by their employers. And it's now being passed from one generation to the next generation through the DNA and that deep memory. I mean, even science now, the research they've done on trauma, on PTSD, where they've taken mice and rats and they've you know, engineered trauma into one generation. And then they see that the, the trauma goes something like seven or eight generations deep before it's cleared out. Mm. So we're dealing with trauma. You know, our fears are not just our fears. We're not born into this reality and purely just conditioned with fear. We are born with fear from our ancestors. And if we don't take responsibility for this stuff, you know, literally the fears that are blocking us in life can be literally our grandfather's fear. And it's never been cleared because it's in us. We were born into this line where this ancestral energy has never been cleared. Mm -hmm. So we are de dealing with generational blockages around money. We're dealing with generational blockages around, you know, relationship stuff. And when we have this deeper awareness, you know, the universe is not saying to us, this awareness is so you can then be the savior of this world. The universe isn't asking you to become a healer so you can save the world. That's like the Messiah complex, which really slows healers back, slows them down. This is getting to that quantum leap level of realizing that if a problem is brought to me, if I pick up a newspaper and I see a headline, then it was brought to my awareness for a reason. Even if it's just me giving one minute of that you know, taking responsibility for the old thinking that got us in this mess as humans, I might clear a little bit of that energy, just enough for one other person to have a clear enough mind so, you know, they do something of a higher quality, loving way instead of the old fearful way. You know, this is how it works. It's one step at a time. The universe doesn't expect us to be able to clear, you know, the whole community issues in one go. We do this one person at a time. We do it one belief at a time, one fear at a time. And before you know it, we're holding a bigger space than we were ever, ever be able to hold in the past because we took one step at a time and our internal vibrational energy is growing stronger and stronger. And as that grows stronger and stronger, our energy is able to expand outward more and more. It's how it works. And we realize that's how it works by having the direct experience, by allowing these ideas to affect us. What is the point of, you know, even somebody watching and listening to this podcast and not allowing the things that we're talking about to actually affect them. Mm. What change will they possibly have? And sometimes people say in spiritual circles or in life in general, I shouldn't have to change for other people. No spiritual tradition is asking you to change who you are. They're asking you to change how you're being. Because if you're being mean, if you're being unkind, you should want to change that. I love that. And I'll just quickly add to that as well. Um, is that I think that ability to 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 understand what you're saying as well, if anyone is listening, to, to understand that it changes from time to time. Because I mean, I know for a fact that I wouldn't have heard what you're saying now, um, six seven months ago maybe. Mm. So I know how fast it them shifts of the 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 gift of true sight I call it, of that ability to be able to see things um that, that what you're really saying or yeah. i mean it just leave and go a bit so someone can understand it a bit more even like a, for example um me and my friend james behind the camera there we're talking about the ability within songs i mean we'd listen you would listen to a song and you'd you would hear it all the way through and you would hear it and you would you would get an understanding from it but then eventually six months once you're once you evolve you come back to that song and you hear little nuances and little dimensions of that song that you wouldn't have heard in the past 
and there's different lessons that you got from the past to, to there is now so mm. it's constantly evolving i mean it's like this once this state heightens within yourself you start seeing more and more things all the time so i just wanted to say that to somebody and i wanted to add to this as well because I, I was looking on your facebook page and you were talking about because i really will i'll go crazy if i don't ask you this question <laughs> but you wrote this i'll just read it off you said um an aspect that you're working on now was becoming more conscious of your double life and other dimensions because i thought it was a really fascinating thing i know this is going a bit more out there and a bit deeper but you said the more you become awake in the physical the more you become more awake in other realities mm. could you expand on that because i think that's i read that and i was like it resonated even though i don't fully understand because i don't think i'm there but I, I was something inside of us thinking there's something to that well the from my personal experience and this is hundreds and hundreds of conscious out-of-body experiences on other dimensions of reality so that's what i think just to jump in i think people need to know as well that you really are doing a lot of work you're really doing i i definitely walk my talk yeah definitely you know and i think this is this it makes a huge difference getting to that point where it's applied spirituality instead of non-applied spirituality you know non-applied spirituality is where we know something but we're not practicing whatever that is and it's like ignorance there's different levels to ignorance you can be completely ignorant to a problem. You can be completely ignorant to a solution. You can be completely ignorant to an idea. And then you become aware of a problem. You become aware of the solution. But you you don't you know, uh, employ the solution. You don't employ the ideas. You don't practice them. To me, that's like the, the, the highest level of ignorance. You're aware of a problem and you're still doing nothing. Yeah. So... You know, I think that is important for people to realize that there are levels to this stuff. It's like there's levels to the law of attraction. You know, there's those entry levels where you do start to realize that, uh, you know, your thoughts, um, you know, reality creation 101, law of attraction 101, uh, where the, whether you think something good or bad, you're creating it or you're aligning yourself with what's already there. So, you know, but there's there's higher levels to that. And it's, it's getting to that point of, you know... Uh, becoming proficient and then mastery so with regards to this double life if you like being aware that you know there's there's more of us out there um you know from my perspective you know we have an essence inside of us that literally will survive death and precedes birth and if it precedes birth where were we before we were here mm. Just because our memory, in a sense, has been partitioned of those places doesn't mean that we still, that that stuff wasn't there. It doesn't mean it's fake. And I think this is the, the danger of spirituality. When we start to expand into this uh, deeper spiritual self, it can frighten other people around us who don't share those same beliefs. And they may not see what we see. They may not have had the intuitions we've had. They may not have seen the red flags that we've seen or the premonitions or those peak experiences that show us we are more than our physical bodies. And it can scare people who have like maybe a, you know, a completely different view of, of life and even death. And I think it's also keeping that in mind that uh, as much as my, my beliefs scare other people, their beliefs scare me too. So it's again, always achieving that balance, you know, what am I giving in this situation versus what I'm receiving? What's the balance between what I'm receiving versus what I'm giving? Even giving compassion to where somebody else is, just because they may not see themselves on a spiritual path doesn't mean they're not on a spiritual path. So it's really having that intimate 
awareness of where am I at on that spectrum of receiving versus giving. I'm receiving so much in my life. I've received so many good things. What am I giving back? Even if it's giving kindness. Because if I've learned to develop my uh, spiritual uh, gift of compassion, am I being compassionate? You know, I've developed the muscles Am I actually using the muscles? Am I flexing them on a regular basis? And am I remembering that one of my triggers, when I get triggered, one of my go-to feelings is anger? Am I remembering that my, 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 maybe my lessons around anger is to learn compassion, to learn patience, that if somebody is angering me and they're making me feel impatient, ultimately, I have the spiritual muscles now. I've developed them to some degree to where, mm, okay, instead of going right into the being triggered and going right into the old pattern. <sighs> Let me try being patient. So, yeah, I think all of this kind of stuff is really important, especially when you are going, diving deeper like you want to with this question. So what I find when I have out-of-body experiences sometimes is I learn something on another level. Or if I've learned something on this level, in the physical dimension, I find that there, as I think the expression, as above, so below, you know, it just it's it's a way of realizing that the human reality is part of something much bigger. We are connected to everything else in the universe, everything else in the multiverse, the all that is. We are connected to that. As we grow here, that system at large grows. As that system at large grows, we have the potential to grow here, but we also have the potential to block the growth, just like we do in everyday life. So it's learning to get to a point to where I can see the block, I can see you know my go-to behavior when I get triggered and become a more intimately aware of this stuff, what am I going to do? I need to have some countermeasures. When I feel triggered, instead of going to the old dark place, I now need a new place to go to. I need an intervention. I need you know a state breaker. And when I break my state, I have to be willing to raise my energy. So I find having this knowledge that there is a double life. If I was born somewhere else before I was born into this body, if I'm a spiritual being, truly a spiritual being, and before I came here, I made choices around coming here. I decided, okay, this is an extreme learning environment. There does, to be, there does seem to be a prime directive in place, just like there is in Star Trek, where you know this world is not advanced enough in certain ways, so therefore the rest of the cosmos are mostly hands-off. Yes, we have visitations from interdimensional beings. We have you know, UFOs, these are real effects. These are real phenomena. But mostly they're taking a hands-off approach because there's a certain level of advancement we've not achieved yet. And that advancement can be emotionally. That advancement can be, you know, spiritually. That advancement can be psychically. That advancement can be technologically. It can be many different advancements. But once you start having these experiences of, wait a second, there is more to my being. I can go out of body and I can have an experience of another dimensional, another dimensional space, another dimensional level of reality, and I realize there's a bigger part of my being here. Wait a second. Wow, that's, that's pretty deep. And it's then learning more about that. Um, it's being aware that this double life is taking place whether we're aware of it or not. There's literally there's higher parts of our consciousness. There's parallel dimensions where we're, there's parallel parts of us, the parallel self, that's learning and completely other different worlds you know you can come out of your body and visit other worlds where there's a parallel life of yours happening and just because you weren't aware of it on this level doesn't mean it's not happening it just means 
you have to awaken to that bigger reality, that bigger truth. And like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you've gotten to a point in your own development where you've taken on so much knowledge, so much wisdom. You've now had a lot of experiences to where this is no longer personal. This is getting to the point to where you're now taking part in something bigger. The universe is inviting you to take part in something bigger by making a contribution. One of the contributions is this podcast. Just uh, did that come out of nowhere? No, it didn't. You know, you started making this progress where life might have seemed hard. Life might have seemed lonely. Life might have seemed meaningless and pointless. And then you decided to make a change. You decided to let knowledge of a higher order, of a higher level of thinking, of loving information affect you, affect you to where change started to occur at a base level, to where one step at a time, you started to move out of the place where you were stuck to the place to where you're now hosting a regular podcast and bringing so much light to your listeners. This is how it works, one step at a time again. At times, you know, when I, when I sometimes have these conversations, it feels like sometimes... Because some of the profound lessons I'm getting, you know, a lot of the time, and I know this, I know as well, I'm aware this sounds very egotistical as well, but it feels like sometimes that these conversations, um, have you ever seen the film, it's called Wake and Life, where basically this yes. young kid, he goes around, he has conversations with, well, it's there's two things, he's either having conversations within a lucid dream, or he's just going around in sort of like a psychic experience, and he's having conversations with other people, who he believes are other people, but really the other people are just his higher self. Yeah. There's times and there's experiences that I've had with like my best friend over there, James, and even this conversation now, where at times it feels like what this what the what this conversation has been permeating to me is that there's an aspect of like you within me, and I'm within you, and then every every interaction that we have is an aspect of our own selves. And we're having these interactions for some particular reason. I mean, I know what that reason is, but it's just at times it's like, whoa, this is, if it is that, it's just like, what the fuck is this? I think the way I see it, you know, I see it very similar to you in that way. And, and, I, and I, I think, you know, there's definitely individuation. We are individuals, yeah. but we're in an, you know, an in, interdependent system. You know, we're very much dependent on each other. You know, if you get something wrong and we're, you know, uh, uh, if we're sort of have some endeavor together, that affects me. You know, so you're not separate from me in that sense. You know, when people say things like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Because whatever thought you had to bring about an experience in Vegas was a thought that was already in you before you were in Vegas. It's just that you acted upon it in Vegas. So that potential is already within you. So that potential is within you to actually cause good or bad. And I think when you then start, you know, again, seeing that bigger picture that, okay, I am an individual within this interdependent system. So therefore, what effect is my diet having on other people? What effect is my diet having on other beings, you know, such as animals? What effect is my thinking having on my surroundings? What effect is my behavior having on my relationships? You know, when you really start to understand that, bigger and bigger shifts can occur. And that's, to me, when it gets more exciting because you're no longer willing to just operate in that space of license where you're just going to do whatever you want regardless of, you know, how, you know, it it hurts you or other people. Getting to that place of freedom where freedom is based in responsibility. You realize that, wait a second, my thoughts determine my actions. What effect are my actions having 
on other people? Is it good? Is it loving? Or is it bad? Is it causing you know some pain? And and sometimes you'll hear in spiritual circles where there's no good and there's no bad. We're we're perfect, you know, uh, beings on you know these higher dimensions. It's like okay, wait a second. First of all, a metaphysical principle is not to make this level of reality seem meaningless or insignificant. Metaphysical principles are 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 there to help us transform this dimension of reality. Yes, we're perfect on a deeper level of self, but that doesn't mean you're being perfect. You could be being an ass. Yeah. There's nothing perfect about you being a jerk. Yeah. There's nothing perfect about you hurting people. There's nothing perfect about, you know, you causing pain in others or or, you know, suffering. So yes, on a, on in Nirvana, you're perfect. But this isn't Nirvana. This is planet Earth. And yes, you can bring heaven and hell. You can bring Nirvana here on Earth, but that's determined on how you're being. So yeah, you can be perfect, but you're in most cases we're being very imperfect because of our behavior. And ultimately, again, you can either align your thinking to Nirvana or you can align your thinking to Hades. It's your choice. That's your free will. We'll leave it there. Powerful, powerful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, what a podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure as ever. Boom. And I'm looking forward to a further adventure next week. <laughs> Boom, mind-blowing. What a great conversation that was. When I looked back at that recording, when I edited, I was looking back and I was just thinking some of the profound things that were talked about on this one really does hit home and really does resonate strong. And it is just a powerful, it was really a powerful conversation, especially like I said, I was in the heat of a very, I would let's say, a very um, awakening process. And I felt that some of the things that we got into that one really was interesting. So thank you so much to, for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one. If you can, find it in your heart, check, check, check out the Patreon page and support the podcast through there. And like I said, any amount, even $2, the price of a cup of coffee goes such a long way. Also have a one-off donation option and that really does help and goes and really does help um, me to keep doing what I'm doing. So if you can, just find it in your heart and support the podcast through them different options. And just to play this conversation out, as I always do, this one is a really interesting song. It's a it's a bit more sort of subtle and light, a light-hearted song. It is called um, "May the Long uh, Time Sun Shine Upon You." It's by um, Mike um, Heron, I think it's pronounced. But this song, I came across this song um, in the I think it was about five or six months ago when I was I, I went um, I did a bit traveling. I went over to Barcelona. And I stayed at this beautiful hostel over there. And there was a yoga teacher there who I met who was really cool. And this guy um, sh introduced me to this song. And I really do feel that this song really does resonate to a the part of the journey that I'm up to now in my own, self, in my own life. And it really does re remind us that there is something that is deep within us, that is burning within us, that is so much more powerful um, than, than we can ever imagine. And this song for me just reminds me of that journey anyway so peace out people and wherever you are in the world keep seeking people as as i always say it can take you to a beautiful place please peace out may the long time sun shine upon you
Come.